With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've got a feeling, a great feeling from Jimmy Lakey. Jimmy Lakey in the morning makes me Welcome to the program. Nice to have you here. It's a Monday morning, the ninth day of September. It's the actual week of my uh, charity golf event. It's coming up Friday. Glad to have you here on a Monday. Woo, it feels good, doesn't it? Everybody's happy to be here. Uh, Sweet Pedals is all fired up, ready to rock and roll after a weekend of partying that he does. He's a wild partier on the weekends. So Sweet Pedals is in the saddle. Delilah just walked into the doors of the Lake Entertainment Towers moments before the uh, broadcast began. Uh, the hipster youth are uh, also straggling around here, straggling around here somewhere. I was at the coffee pot all by myself this morning, bright and early in the morning. At the coffee pot, making myself a cup of coffee, going, hello, hello, hello. Uh, no, but they're all here everybody the whole gang is here my friends and you're here as well so that makes it even more special if you want to jump into the conversation 866-888-5449-866-888-5449 news talk 600 kcol happy 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 monday let's go through some of the headlines this morning of, of the news stories that you might have missed over the weekend because i dismiss you from class on Friday, and I say, I'll watch the news, I'll listen to the news, so you don't have to, and hopefully you do that. Hopefully, hopefully you spend your time in um, in the weekend with worship and football and uh, maybe your family and friends and all that stuff, and then you come back here, we reconvene. So good morning, everybody. Nice to have you here. Interesting timing, a headline that's been on Complete Colorado for a couple of a couple of hours now. Hickenlooper, that would be your former governor, John Hickenlooper, and the former presidential candidate, Juan Hickenlooper. Uh, he dropped out of the presidential race, right? Did you know that he did it on the very day that he was required and would have been required after filing two extensions to with the over Office of Government Ethics to file a personal financial disclosure? Just interesting timing, coincidence perhaps, I guess, I don't know. But his hick, the freebeacon.com reports this, Todd Shepard, our old friend, writes this, John Hickenlooper's exit from the presidential race came on the very same day he would have had to file his financial disclosure forms with the Office of Government Ethics. By entering the Colorado U.S. Senate race instead, a job he repeatedly has said he did not want and would not be well suited for, the former governor will not have to provide a financial disclosure to the Senate Select Committee on Ethics until May the 15th of next year, 2020. 
After formerly becoming a presidential candidate on March the 4th, Hickenlooper requested two extensions that were granted by the Federal Election Commission. Uh, the first disclosure deadline was May the 15th. He asked for another secondary extension on July the 1st. And just a week before the July 1st deadline, attorneys had filed a request to delay his disclosures again because, quote, both the governor and his spouse have each experienced unusually frequently uh, travel and extended travel during the weeks prior to the deadline, making it exceptionally difficult to compile the necessary information. The next due date would have been the 15th of August. That is the date that John Hickenlooper announced he's no longer a candidate there. And uh, the request for an extension for Hickenlooper went on to say, in addition, the governor has had to devote a considerable amount of time for preparing for presidential debates, which will be held in two days before the deadlines. Therefore, I cannot meet the deadline. According to a compilation, this is, again, the freebeacon.com, of financial disclosures of all the presidential candidates at uh, OpenSecrets.org, the only ones who ask for extensions in filing, it's not a common thing, were Seth Moulton and... Tim Ryan, uh, those are that, 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 those are the only people. Everybody else met their deadline. John Hickenlooper had delayed his uh, the entire 164 days without filing. So, uh, just something to contemplate as you look at John Hickenlooper now running for U.S. Senate, and maybe it's something that journalists in Colorado might want to ask John Hickenlooper. John, every other candidate was preparing for a debate. Every other candidate was traveling extensively. Why is it that you? You not once but twice declined to file your personal financial disclosures, and why is it that you don't? And, and, well, when is the primary? So he'll, he'll have to file it right before the primary uh, for the Democrats. But I'm guessing that if I were Andrew Romanoff, I'd be asking uh, John, why don't you go ahead and put out those personal financial disclosures now, just so we'll know there's a little shadow of doubt here, just so we will know that there's nothing here that you were hiding or ashamed of or nothing that you were worried about. Why is it? that every other candidate, major candidate, minor candidate, except save two, were able to get their financial disclosures in to the government of Office of Ethics. Uh, but Hickenlooper had to ask for two two extensions, uh, citing reasons that would have been reasons for everyone else to sign extensions who did not sign extensions, traveling and debate preparation. So uh, just something to log there in your mental files about John Hickenlooper in the state of Colorado. And is there something, could there be something that John Hickenlooper did not want you to know? Or was it just purely coincidence that the day that John Hickenlooper, week after week, the, the uh, death watch was on for the candidacy of John Hickenlooper, everyone thought it was coming, and he actually drops out on the very day that a report would have had to file telling you about John Hickenlooper's personal finances. So, again, log it in your mental uh, files there, and let's see if this is one that comes back to haunt him in the coming days as he decides to run for uh, the U.S. Senate in the state of Colorado. Find out. Uh, Keep a sharp eye on it, my friends. You never know when this one comes bouncing back at Mr. Hickenlooper. Hey, coming up on the program, I had a guest on Friday that we were unable to make connection with. He was on, his name was Ryan Lovelace. Watched a couple of interviews with him over the weekend, uh, regarding the 
confirmation hearing of Brent Kavanaugh. He's written an extensive book about it. Ryan Lovelace is going to be on the program this morning. We'll talk with him. Hopefully we'll make that connection because really looking forward to that interview. Megan Barth with Reagan Babe is scheduled to be on the show on a Monday edition as always. And also Dr. Tom Hecker's got some fascinating topics we're going to hit on this morning for a Medical Monday moment. So uh, good morning, everybody. Nice to have you here. I hope you're happy to be here. And it is Monday, but I always tell you this on Monday as a word of encouragement. <clears throat> Hang tight, hold strong, my, my friends. We will get to Friday together, and today is the first step towards uh, heading to a Friday. You never get to Friday without having a Monday first. Words of wisdom by me, Jimmy Lakey, your host on the program. Uh, headline, national news. I gave you your local story. The headline that we'll talk about is John Hickenlooper's personal finances. Uh, national news story that's out there. Donald Trump now has three, did you count them? Three presidential primary opponents. Former Republican Governor Mark Sanford announced on Sunday he's going to enter the race for the presidential nomination. It's a long shot challenge, writes Yahoo.com. He'll be the third to mount a primary bid against President Trump and said he's decided to run because of the astounding, <clears throat> astounding A-S-T. You spell that, Delilah? You good? Astounding debt and deficits piled up under the presidency. He says, I think as a Republican Party, we have lost our way. The president has called himself the king of debt, has familiarity and comfort level with debt that I think ultimately is leading the country in the wrong direction. The other people in the race, well, Sanford's decision comes amid reports of Republican officials in some states, including his home state of South Carolina, as well as Nevada and Arizona, are considering just canceling their 2020 primaries. Asked whether he could really defeat President Trump in a primary, he says, I'm saying you never know. I'm listing my goals, my primary goals, so let's go out and force or try to create a conversation on that which is not being talked about in this presidential cycle. And Sanford says the thing that has been lacking in the debate has been earnest and real conversation on debt and deficits and government spending. Well, for Mr. Sanford, uh, you have all the right in the world to run, and I would agree. There's not a conversation on debt, deficit, and government spending. Um, the only time Republicans seem to be real concerned about debt, deficit, and government spending is when there is a Democrat president. Then they're all concerned about debt deficit. As a matter of fact, Democrats are concerned about debt deficit and government spending when there's a Republican candidate. But as a whole, politicians in general not real concerned about debt deficit and and uh, public and, and government spending. Uh, if you recall, Mark Sanford was the governor of South Carolina from 2003 to 2011. He had two separate stints in the House, lost a primary in 2018. Uh, his opponents could probably say even the people of South Carolina were done with his cat. And uh, so he's out of there. So he's going to run for president now. Also running against Trump. If you want to know who the other people were, Joe Walsh, The we talked about him. He used to be a Tea Party firebrand, is what Yahoo says. Uh, he served as single term in Congress and a former Massachusetts governor by the name of William Weld also running in a primary race. Is there any chance that any of you, and this would be something I'll open the line for you if you want to chat about it, 866-888-5449. Is there any chance any of you could be persuaded to vote for a primary challenger for Donald Trump? Any chance that Mark Sanford would get anybody's vote? Uh, I have to pull up Mark Sanford's record in Congress. Again, I, I don't have any problem saying we should talk about debt deficit and the national debt and, and government spending. But I'll tell you this, uh, it's interesting that when these members of Congress are there, I never recall them beating their chest and standing up on their seat 
and voting against the omnibus spending bills. But now they all seem to have gotten religion on the topic. So, all right, let's take the break. Let's come back in here. Welcome to the show. It's the first segment of today's program. We've got several, about 15 more of these to go. And then we'll all be done, and I'll hand you off to Rush Limbaugh. Happy Monday, everybody. You're listening to News Talk 600 KCOL. Got an opinion? Call now. 866-888-5449. All right, here we are. Welcome to the program. Nice to have you here. Lakey is my name. Jimmy Lakey, uh, to be quite precise, in case you're trying to remember that, just remember uh, me. I can You can find me at Facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page. Twitter is at Jimmy Lakey using the hashtag L-A-K-E-Y Lakey. And also... Let's see. Oh, oh, let's see. We have Facebook, facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page. Twitter is at Jimmy Lakey. Oh, the old email address. You might want to know that. That's Jimmy Lakey at iHeartMedia.com. Jimmy Lakey at iHeartMedia.com. Any chance in heck you would vote for a Republican challenger for President Donald J. Trump? Uh, you have to ask yourself, uh, would you do it? Mark Sanford is contemplating, was well, announced he's running, former South Carolina representative. Joe Walsh, Republican, uh, uh, let's see, he was in Congress from Illinois. He's going to run this in this race. And William Weld, a former Massachusetts governor, is going to run in this uh, cycle of 2020. All primary challenges for Donald J. Trump. And I, I almost sounds silly to ask, but I guess I'll ask you. Uh, anybody, any of these have a chance in heck? I, I just don't see this happening, uh, especially when they come from the platform of piety saying, we're going to talk about the national debt. And yet I don't recall any of these people that say these things becoming great champions of the debt back in the day when uh, Republicans held both houses of Congress in the first term of President, uh, first two years of President Trump. I don't recall Republicans not, it wasn't President and Trump with massive spending. It was Republicans in general with massive spending. If Republicans were serious about cutting the budget back uh, when they want to cut the budget and uh, cutting the size and scope of government, they had two years under Donald J. Trump to do so, in which they never did so. Uh, Republicans also had two years to get the fence built, the wall built on the southern border, and to really make progress there. They didn't get that done when Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House. So it's just very interesting uh, it's just very, very interesting that we that, that that's what happened in the uh, that, that that's what Sanford says he's going to run on. So just very, very interesting. All right. If you want to tell me if you'll vote for Mark Sanford or Joe Walsh or William Weld, former governor of Massachusetts, feel free to jump in on that conversation. And also, why do you think John Hickenlooper decided to drop out of the presidential race right on the very same day that he was going to have to file a presidential disclosure on his personal finances. Anybody like to tell me how it is that uh, we that, that, that that's the coincidental date that John Hickenlooper finally taps out and says, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to run for president any longer. There's another question that I think our friend Amy Oliver Cook has raised at CompleteColorado.com, and I'll get her on the program this week to talk about it, but we do know that the government Governor of Colorado has waged a war on northern Colorado. He's waged a war on rural Colorado, and he's waged a war on the oil and gas industry of Colorado. By the way, right as we were going off the air on Friday, it was announced that the petitions 
to recall Governor Polis did not have enough signatures to actually get it on the ballot. And the dismissed Polis campaign, as they said they would, if they don't have enough signatures, they would not hand these in so that way you would not be precluded from signing any further petitions out there. Um, so that, that, that happened right as we ended the show on Friday. So any of you that were engaged in the dismissed Polis campaign, they still got, if you think of the numbers out there, in just 60 days or however many days they had, just a handful of days, 300,000 plus people came forward and said, not my governor, and I'm going to sign this petition. So it really is, it was a stunning a stunning number of people when you put it in perspective, and I know that the Jared Polis people claim victory and say, you didn't have enough people to recall me. It was a very substantial obstacle they had to get in a little bit of time, and they used, I think, all. I don't think they had any paid petition gatherers out there. So just people out there in Colorado saying, do you want to recall Polis and sitting out with their petitions in front of the grocery store or in the city park? So really, you know, I, I get it. Polis is going to claim, Jared Polis is going to claim victory there, but it really... It, it should be something that just kind of is stunning that there's 300,000 people without a question that would step up and say, yeah, I don't want you to be the governor any longer and you should be removed from office. So we do know that there has been a war on anybody in Colorado that doesn't believe in adhere to the values of the Denver Boulder Mafia. That's a term that I phrased in the last legislative session. We do know that that has been part and parcel of how Governor Polis is operating. He really is. Oh, by the way, when he made his statement, he said, we need to come together with our bipartisan victories and celebrate all day kindergarten in Colorado. That was the one that he put in his press release when it came to the failed signature gathering efforts of the dismissed Polis people. Um, Jared Polis, to my knowledge, uh, not you, you read into this what you want. He keeps citing a victory of all day kindergarten, and yet he still has not issued a statement or a solution or a verb or a noun or a pronoun, nothing, not a word, uh, nothing regarding the fail, failing test scores of the Colorado public schools. Let me revisit this again. I'll remind you as long as I need to. 65% of all children, third through eighth grade, are not grade level proficient in the topic of mathematics. And that is by Colorado's own testing standard, 65% not grade level proficient in the topic of mathematics in the public schools. 55% of Colorado third through eighth graders are not proficient in the topic of reading and English and language arts, as they call it. And Jared Polis comes out and says, I'm glad I didn't get recalled because we can celebrate that we have all day kindergarten. Well, hell, Jared, we have all day third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, all day sixth grade, all day seventh grade, all day eighth grade. And the children that you're educating, the children that you're educating are not grade level proficient. So how you come back and tell us, I'm glad I'm not recalled because we got all day kindergarten. Uh, Jared, we've already surrendered our children all day to the teachers and to the union hacks and the education system in Colorado. And that's not working out so well. And so Jared to come out and to say, I'm glad you're not going to recall me because we have all day kindergarten uh, when he points that out. But he ignores the very topic. He ignores the very topic of he ignores the topic of 
uh, the the failed grade level proficiency of these other students. It's quite interesting. So, Mr. Polis, if you're listening, I appreciate the fact that you're is, is celebrating victory, that you're not going to get recalled and you're not going to get booted for office. But I think it would still be great if you would make a statement or give a an answer rather than touting all day kindergarten and what a success it is. Can you tell us how all day third grade is failing so bad on the topic of math and English and all day fourth grade? We'd like to hear that answer as well. All day, all day fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade, all day classes that we have in Colorado, they're not grade level proficient. And you, Mr. Polis, are very, very silent, very silent, waiting for a comment from Mr. Jared Polis. All right, I do have this piece from Amy Oliver Cook, and she's asking, is Jared Polis, now that he's not going to get recalled, going to once again assault Weld County? Is there another attack coming on Weld County? Jared Polis has come after the oil and gas industry all over the state, Weld County being the number one provider of oil and gas and energy in the state of Colorado. Is Jared Polis reeling up, winding up, and getting ready to once again come after northern Colorado? I'll stand by. I have a piece from Amy Oliver Cook that asked this very question. That's coming up on the program in mere moments. Don't go anywhere. Happy Monday. News Talk 600 KCOL. Want to keep up with all the news? Follow us on Twitter at 600KCOL. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Final few days. As a matter of fact, we're wrapping it up, the registration for my charity golf tournament. If you're going to play... Uh, you better get in soon before this thing's uh, all all closed up here. It's Friday, uh, Colorado National Golf Course, easy access wherever you're under the sound of my dulcet tones. Love to have you uh, supporting our great charity, RiversPromise.org. And again, if you want to register, I'd get that done today, if at all possible. Still some sponsorship out there, though, If you're not, even if you're not a player. Uh, we added yesterday, I got to meet a fantastic musician, local musician by the name of Michael Worthington. And when everybody comes off, or if you're at a social pass, you'll be hanging out on the the patio there, the Colorado National Golf Club. Our cigar roller extraordinaire, Clay Carlton, uh, trained by a Cuban master. Uh, he'll be out on the patio at lunchtime rolling cigars. You can participate in that and uh, even get one of the hand-rolled cigars that he'll make. And, and also Michael Worthington going to be playing some nice music out there. So it's going to be a, a fantastic lunch event especially. And you can just get a social pass, show up sometime uh, in the day, hang out with us. And again, music, live music on the patio, uh, cigar roller for lunch. It's going to be a fantastic fantastic time i hope to see you there 
And again, go to riverspromise.org to get signed up. That is coming up this coming Friday. This coming Friday, uh, you do not want to miss the portion of the program. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a couple of events I want to tell you about. Uh, from my friends at Lehman Lewis Financial Group. Uh, we live in a time of relatively low interest rates. What would happen to your retirement if the U.S. government decided to raise your tax rates? Uh, would you have enough income to live on? Uh, there's a book by David McKnight, who's an author. It's called The Power of Zero, How to Get 0% Tax Bracket and Transform Your Retirement. Well, Lehman Lewis Financial is going to be hosting an evening with author David McKnight. The June event with David McKnight was a huge hit. Lots of praise from everybody that was there. I actually attended for this dinner event. His best-selling book is being made into a documentary. And during the this event, coming up with Lehman Lewis Financial Group, he's going to cover the topics of how to protect yourself from rising tax rates, the ways to diversify your portfolio to minimize your taxes during retirement, and he's, uh, his book's been number one on Amazon. So here's today. You can meet David McKnight in his presentation with Laban Lewis. It's coming up on September the 17th. <clears throat> That's 6.30 to 7 p.m. Uh, 6.30 is when uh, desserts and beverages will be served. 7 o'clock presentation at the Embassy Suites in Loveland. First-time attendees will also receive a complimentary copy of David McKnight's book. Invite your friends, your family, anyone you know who might be interested <clears throat> excuse me, in learning how to lower their taxes or to maximize their retirement income, a Lehman Lewis event with author, best-selling author, David McKnight, about how to get into the power of zero, the zero tax bracket. It's September the 17th. you got to have a reservation to go there so they know how many to plan for. 970-875-6411. Seating is limited. Mark your calendar. Make sure you're available. It's next week, September the 17th. Uh, David McKnight and the Lehman Lewis team. 970-875-6411. Be sure to mention Jimmy Lakey whenever you call them. I appreciate it when you do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you a question. Why do you think John Hickenlooper dropped out of the race on the very date that his personal presidential disclosure of his income would have been handed over to the Office of Government Ethics? He asked for two delays. Rarely did uh, anybody ask for a delay, but John Hickenlooper did. And the question should be asked by the media, uh, Mr. Hickenlooper, why did every other candidate who could have used the same excuse as you did about not filing a personal financial disclosure, uh, instead you said you've been traveling and preparing for a debate and you got two, two, uh, two extensions and on the very date that your extensions were up, you decided to drop out of the race, not having to let anybody in Colorado see your personal finances until May of 2020. If the very least it looks and smells a little fishy, is there something there that John Hickenlooper doesn't want us to see? I think it's a very fair question, or maybe it's a very large coincidence that Jer- Jer- that um, Governor Hickenlooper drops out on the very date that those disclosures are due. Something to keep a sharp, sharp eye on. Let's come back and talk about Jared Polis. I alluded to a column, and I want to p- tweet this out here, and I'll see if she can come on the program later this week. First Governor Jared Polis, it's Amy Oliver Cook, has written this piece. It's at CompleteColorado.com. I'll put it up at my Facebook page. First Governor Polis decided to come for oil and gas, and now he's coming after agriculture. You'd be forgiven for thinking that Governor Jared Polis would give a rest to his assault on Weld County businesses following the passage of Senate Bill 181 earlier this year. 
As we are all aware, Senate Bill 181 has already led to precipitous uh, decline in drilling permits and local governments extend and make uh, permanent moratoriums on new energy development. And it won't be terribly long before we here in Weld County will have to say goodbye to some of our friends and family as they follow their jobs to states friendlier to energy development. They have to leave Colorado. As we fight for our economic life, and like any other group of people, another Weld County industry has been recently put on notice. Are you aware of this? Last week, the Boulder-based governor, who's the head of the Denver-Boulder Mafia, paid a visit to the Department of Agriculture, an agency which oversees $40 billion, uh, set 170,000 job industry, industry jobs across Colorado's beautiful and diverse landscape. And according to sources that were at the meeting, Jared Polis arrived with hundreds of Burger King soybeans impossible whoppers in tow for what he wrongly presumed to be his audience's enjoyment before suggesting that the industry shift its focus from beef to protein-based plants. So Jared Polis is about to become an advocate of making sure that we have protein-based plants and we have less beef production in the state of Colorado. It's an interesting column by Amy Oliver Cook, and we'll dive into this throughout the course of the morning. Uh, Either the governor is tone deaf, here's what she writes, or he wants to destroy Weld County's economy and the way of life. He's promoting a California startup that uses soybeans, which predominantly come from the Midwest and upper Midwest states, to compete with Weld County's beef industry. When it comes to soybean production, Colorado doesn't even rank among the top 10 producing states, even though Weld County routinely ranks among the top 10 agricultural producing counties in the nation. Did you hear that? Colorado does not rank among the top 10 producing soybean states, but Weld County all by itself ranks usually and routinely among the top 10 agriculture producing counties in the nation. And Jared Polis shows up at the Department of Agriculture pushing soybeans and soybean burgers rather than extolling the virtue of Colorado beef. Is Weld County about to be assaulted and insulted once again by the sitting governor in the state of Colorado? And I think the answer is right before our eyes. And yes, because why? I said this at Amy Oliver Cook and I said this on the program a couple of months ago when we were talking about Senate Bill 181. It's not far-fetched to say that Jared Polis hates Weld County. He hates anybody that has a lifestyle that's different than his in the Denver-Boulder corridor. The Denver-Boulder Mafia doesn't understand, nor do they appreciate the life of those that are not in the Denver-Boulder corridor. And we're seeing it as he shows up at the Department of Agriculture, gifting them soybean burgers from Burger King that were produced in a different state as opposed to standing up for all of Colorado and extolling the virtues of Colorado beef. Farmers, beware. Jared Polis, once again, coming after your pocketbook, your livelihood, and your way of life. Stand by. More to come. Our Medical Monday moment is coming up with Dr. Tom Hecker. Stick around. There is more to come. From Chippendale Dancer to America's favorite morning show, it's Jimmy Lakey on News Talk 600, KCOL. All 
All right, here we go. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. It's Medical Monday, and that's when we talk to our good friend, Dr. Tom Hecker at Hecker Sports and Regenerative Medicine. Let me bring Dr. Hecker into the conversation right now on News Talk 600 KCOL. Dr. Hecker, we were apart last week for Labor Day, so it's been a week. Uh, Welcome to the show, sir. Good to see you, Jimmy. How are you? I'm very well. Look forward to seeing you and your sons at the golf tournament on on Friday. That should be a fun time. Uh, I want to bring a topic of conversation that's been kind of they've been dripping out all sorts of news out there. And it's about vaping and it's about the jewels and all this uh, lung disease. And I heard that of the millions of people vaping, they now say there's about 400 cases of lung disease that they can't figure out. Uh, talk to me about vaping. Can it really hurt your lungs? Do, what do we know about this relatively new alternative to smoking cigarettes? Well, um, so the answer is, yes, it can really hurt your lungs. It's, it is a a very silent and I think very deadly um, apparatus. I mean, people have seen it as a very safe alternative to smoking, but it is really not true. There are too many things that are going on. It really kind of the mysteries are starting to become unsolved um, as more people are vaping and we're starting to understand there are a lot of significant consequences to the process. And what we're facing right now is we just have the fifth reported death from vaping lung disease, and now we have 450 reported severe lung disorders from, from vaping disease. And what this disease now is, they've identified it, it's, it's what we call a lipoid pneumonia. And pneumonia is obviously fluid in the lungs, and that fluid gets there from the vaping steam that you're inhaling. But when you're doing vaping, it's a, it's a liquid that you're literally burning through. You're, you're, you're making it an aerosol. Well, that aerosol, that, that liquid, is a, it's a glycol, a liquid of fat. And when it is vaporized, it turns into a very toxic substance where you're going to get that into your lungs. The problem is too big of a substance. It starts to block the lung sac, and then it starts to create these very severe lung disorders. And the trouble is we've, that's always been in the vaping liquid, but now a lot of these secondary sources or people are getting it through um, nefarious sources. They're using a lot of this kind of uh, fact that is causing more aggressive damage to the lungs. Uh, why do, Have they figured out yet why of the millions of people that are vaping now, why only 400 or so have been affected by this? Is it, uh, are there people that are more genetically or some kind of, somehow susceptible to this, uh, this pneumonia? Well, what they're hypothesizing right now is it's coming from sources that are more cannabis or marijuana-based. That's the hypothesis. So a lot of those uh, areas that are being infected are places where this is illegal, so people are using um, mixtures that are very dangerous, but it's a liquid. They can, they can put the THC or the cannabis inside this liquid form, so these kids or people will start vaping that, and they think that it's coming from specific sources where they're mixing this cannabis source with, with this base that you need. So the, what the fat does, this glycol does, it's what creates the really intense smoke that you see with vaping. And, and that's kind of the cool thing, but that's unfortunate. That is the thing that causes the greatest amount of lung damage. 
Uh, early on in vaping, and this topic kind of died out, you heard people say, well, vaping will give you, and they called the phrase popcorn lungs. And that kind of that claim against vaping went away. Uh, it was 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 that a false alarm when it comes to the world of vaping out there? The popcorn lung phenomenon that it was discussed about a year or so ago. Well, yeah, there was it was it was hypothesized that the the steam or the aerosol will create those damage to the lungs. And again, it didn't come true. And again, that kind of gave um, vaping a, a, a cover, so to speak to um, allow for people to continue to use it. Uh, but the problem is the mixture started changing more. More people wanted more smoke and, and less, versus less smoke. And the more smoke kept leading to using more of these plant fats to create that smoke. And so that, that trend keeps pushing a more aggressive content, and that started to cause the greater damage within the lungs. And, and again, this damage, you know, it, it, you know again, our lungs are big air pockets. Well, you start blocking up these air pockets with a fatty uh, a block, now all of a sudden you, you can't breathe. And that's what these people are suffering. They got, they got this big fat globule blocking an air pocket so no air can go through. And the trouble is, right, we don't have a way to clear that fat from that air pocket. So you're taking out 20% of your lung, 50% of your lung capacity, and that's what's happening to these people. They're, they're literally blocking the lungs with, from, with fat. There's no way to get air across that, and they instantly start having severe airway distress. Well, I, I'm kind of picturing, medically, I'm picturing what I view as a clogged artery uh, with plaque or buildup, and you say people that are vaping and using these heavy, um, I, I guess, concoctions, ending up clogging up their... Uh, you can clear an artery oftentimes, but you can't clear up a clogged lung that you've clogged up with your own vaping. Correct. And, and what they're, they're talking about, so you look at some of the cases that are going on now, where these kids say, hey, it was... You know, they've been vaping for a very long time, but something recently, the last three or five, you know, refills of the vaping, so they're getting a higher content of this fat, this glycol, that's within the vape, and that's what's being hypothesized, that these high-content fats within the liquid that you're, you're aerosoling is, is what's starting to cause a very rapid block of the lungs and then this severe lung distress. Uh, do we know yet, because you said a lot of these uh, problems in these uh, kids that are, people ended up in the emergency room uh, with clogged up lungs are using a cannabis-based stuff, in uh, kind of the illegal vaping stuff. Is uh, Do we know yet, or is it too early to say if the those who are using the more, tra- what I call the traditional jewels or the vaping uh, products that are sold over the counter, are, are those people experiencing the same level of danger, or do we know? Are these only the illegal products? products that are causing this real big problem? No, they, they are. And, and so what really has happened is this acceleration of the disease. So you can look at kids who have been vaping for an extended period of time, year or two years, and they are starting to show subtle signs of the disease on the lungs. We just see an acceleration of the disease in these newer cases. So it's the, the, the fat or this glycol that's in the vaping fluids that are out there at every store you can go to are causing the lung damage as well, just at a smaller or slower pace. And it's just like smoking. You know, it was the tar buildup from smoke that eventually started to damage the lungs. Well, in this case, it's the slow buildup of this fat in your lungs 
that starts to create damage or scarring to the lungs. So it's a very much one-to-one equal to what we saw with smoking, we now see with vaping, just different caused by different chemicals. Hmm. Now, I often remember, and before we run short of time, we're listening to Dr. Tom Hecker, Hecker Sports and Regenerative Medicine, HeckerSportsMed.com. Uh, the topic of vaping big, big in the news. A lot of folks ended up in the ER recently, and they're talking about vaping deaths are occurring. Uh, Dr. Hecker, we said there's no way to clear up these fatty deposits that are building up because of the, 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 the things that are in the vape and the chemicals in the vape. They're building up in the lungs. We're often told that if you stop smoking cigarettes within you know a day or a week, there's old these images your lungs will start to heal themselves and look better is is that the same for vaping if you have the does the does the fat do the fatty deposits go away or the liquid buildup go away if you stop vaping or do we know this yet because it's all so new yeah that's the problem we don't know that yet um so yes we have evidence now that hey with your smoker and the tar and the nicotine buildup in the lungs your lungs can heal that with scarring and we're seeing that um, in some children, when they're stopping the vaping, they're seeing that fat slowly clear, but also it's leaving significant scarring in those lungs. So is it, are we getting good levels of recovery? We really don't know yet, but I think that's why you're starting to see a lot of the warnings out there. This is a very, very dangerous process that starts to happen to your lungs. We don't have a clear understanding in terms of how bad the danger is, but we do know the significance of how it blocks the lung itself and these little uh, uh, air sacs is, is critical and worse than what we saw in standard smoking. So it should raise a pretty high uh, alarm for most people with it. Dr. Hecker, it's always a pleasure. Look forward to seeing you on Friday at the golf tournament for Rivers Promise. Uh, Dr. Hecker and his great office are generously providing everybody lunch at the golf tournament. The lunch is sponsored by Dr. Hecker. Uh, his website is HeckerSportsMed.com, H-E-C-K-E-R, HeckerSportsMed.com. Uh, Dr. Hecker, I'll see you Friday, sir. Sounds good, Jimmy. Have a great week. You as well. HeckerSportsMed.com. H-E-C-K-E-R. HeckerSportsMed.com. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> the safer alternative to cigarette smoking is the old uh, is the old vaping. And now it's found out, well, it's not tar that's building up. It's these plant-based fatty proteins building up in your lungs. Stand by. More to come. Second hour about to start. It's News Talk 600 KCOL. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.